the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. With over 120 million happy users, Theorem Reach is helping app developers make more money with fun, rewarded surveys that you can easily add to your app. Go check out theoremreach.com to learn more. B7dev.com is the app development firm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs go from app idea to success because they understand startups and don't charge you huge fees just to get your app off the ground. Learn more at B7dev.com. What is up, App Nation? Welcome to another YouTube Live. Thank you guys so much for showing up week in and week out. I've been enjoying doing these. It's been really therapy for me because we're quarantined. There's no social life. And so this is my social life, unfortunately. But today we've got a phenomenal guest. He is a friend of mine, and he's going to talk all about really understanding your KPIs, your metrics for mobile growth and acquisition. So without further ado, he is the CEO and co-founder of Pollen.vc. If you're looking for a platform where you're making money and you want to reinvest the revenues that you're making from the different app stores to reinvest in mobile growth, they're going to help you do that. So without further ado, Martin McMillan, welcome to the YouTube Live. Thank you very much, Steve. Really, really great to be here. It's the first time I've done this, so uh, it's been novel for me as well, but hopefully my internet connection holds up and uh, and we can take you through some of the stuff we've been building. Yeah. So without, I want to say some hi to some few people. Leandro, what's happening, man? Thank you guys for showing up. Nikhil, what's a, how are you doing? Max, we've got your app on the docket. So before Martin goes into some of the things that he wants to share, Max, we've got your app here. We've got this app as well. And then this last one, Nikhil, yeah, I saw you on here. We're going to take a look. And Nikhil, I think I've got some really good feedback. If you didn't watch last week's YouTube live stream, this is a very similar app to Rudy's. So we'll, we'll have some good feedback for you as well. All right, Martin, you've got some tools that you want to show us as well. Cool. Yeah, maybe I'll just, I'll just give, give everyone a little bit of an intro and 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 back up to what we are, you know, who who we are, what we do, and then and then go into why we built some of the tools here. So, um, so as he said, we provide we provide credit lines, we provide credit facilities to app and game developers uh, in order to fuel their their user acquisition. So basically, as everyone knows, you've got the platform delays both from the ad networks as well as the app stores. And what we do is we suck in the sales data every day and we give you a line of credit that allows you to draw down against these sales that you have made or ad impressions you've made, <clears throat> but not yet been paid for. So the primary reason to uh, to do this is that you've figured out an ROI positive formula for user acquisition, and then which is nothing more than nothing more than an investment equation, right? So if you say, hey, I put a dollar into UA and I get a dollar fifty out in say ninety days or one hundred and twenty days or what may uh, whatever it may be, it's just a question of basically how you know, and you can you can you can do this with some kind of predictability. The question is really is like. Once I've figured out I've got this this investment equation that works, 
where can I find capital to put into that equation? So you may have credit lines from ad networks, you may have a bunch of cash sitting in the bank, but you also have these, uh, the, 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 this asset, which we call your AR, your accounts receivable, which is all the, all the, all the, um, the, the revenues you've made, but you've not been paid for. So the way we work is we give you a simple line of credit above that, and it, um, to, to, to the extent of that, <clears throat> and it enables you to take this cash and then to roll it back into to, uh, to user acquisition if indeed you are um, you're acquiring profitably. And that's a way, it's a way more cap capital efficient way to grow uh, using a debt product than raising equity and diluting your, uh, diluting your equity and stuff into doing that. So um, the, the, the big issue here then is like, how do I know if my, if my acquisition is positive? Now, if you're a 50 person gaming studio and you have a whole team of uh, BI guys sitting there modeling your lifetime values and your, your cash flows and all the rest of it, then you know, it's, it, it's fine. That's um, that, that's what they're there to do, and, and what we what we found is some of the earlier companies that we worked with, some of the, the founder-led companies, there wasn't necessarily like a a really deep business and analytics function in place. There wasn't a um, <clears throat> there, there wasn't like a like a fully baked finance function as well, and a lot of people were having having some difficulty making sense of these metrics. Um, so what we decided to do is to build uh, build a tool. So we actually had one, uh, we did it a couple of years ago, the first pass of it, and we just released a couple of weeks ago the next uh, the next pass. We basically took all the, and we had more than 10,000 people use this, um, shoving in metrics and trying to figure out scenarios based on those metrics. And what we did is we just rolled up all of the learnings um, from version one and then, and then launched this uh, as version two. So I'm going to I'm going to share my uh, share my screen here. Um, so hopefully everyone everyone can see that. Steve, is that is that coming through? Okay. Yes, we see it. Great. Okay, so this is the landing page, and maybe we can. I don't know, uh, Steve. You can if you can share the URL, or maybe I can. Yeah, yeah. It's all linked up into the show. Into cool. The okay, fine. So so what what we'll do then is <clears throat> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna begin. I'm just gonna take you through. Um, um, through a through a, a set of scenarios, right? So the, the first page I'm actually going to look at is LTV and ROAS. So basically, ROAS is the you know the the the, the points that what you're looking for 100% ROAS is basically when do I break even on my ad spend, and the shorter the break even period, the better. Um, because it means you can you know you can you can do stuff faster. So basically, you may have at one end you might have a hyper casual game who's got a uh, like a really short break even, a two, three, five day break even period on 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 the UA spend. <clears throat> and then at the other end, you may have a, a social casino which takes you a year to break even, and then you may be you know, you'll make your LTV in, in in year two. So the first thing we want to look at is basically like for for a dollar invested, you know, what day do we break even? So Two two things here. Uh, there's LTV and ROAS. Now, we have some dummy data in here to start, but the, the key thing and, and and what we want to have people doing is um, is uh, getting to the point that they can they can use their own uh, they can plug in their own metrics. And we've deliberately. I mean, it was hard to get this right in terms of in terms of where where we pitched it. We didn't want to make it too high level. We didn't want to make it like super granular. It's it's just intended to not be some not be a replacement for your BI team, but just uh just a headline, like a traffic light signal in terms of based on these figures, you know, what does my acquisition look like? So you start off here with just with just retention curves. So super important. You can pull this out of you know any of the analytics packages you're looking at. So the three things we care about. One is retention. Um 
Second is OpDAO, so average revenue per daily active user. And then uh, the third is like a base uh, CPI, base acquisition cost, whatever the you know CPA, CPI, whatever the metric is you're using. Um, it's just to anchor basically what the uh, what the um, the acquisition costs looks like. There's a few other things that you can put in here. Uh, and again, we've got some default values, the organic uplift. So for every paid user you acquire, how many free users are you likely to acquire on the back of that? Because, you know, maybe Bob, you know, Bob sees a Facebook ad and he uh, he, he downloads the, uh, the, he downloads my game, then he tells his friend about it and then, you know, his friend downloads it as well. So, so what kind of organic factors? So this is, you know, we've assumed something like 25%. This is all like totally configurable. And then also the initial budget, right? So you have to have some marketing spend upfront to put into it um, and in, in order to, to kind of get the party started. There's a few other things, fixed costs and reinvest percentage here. So fixed costs, if you had like, you know, the, the, the cost of paying salaries or running a studio or something, reinvest percentage. <clears throat> and again, it's just basically trying to take a sensible percentage of the, of the revenue and then reinvest that back in. And then here you've got monetization types. So you've got, uh, and, and the reason this is important is because of the cash uh, payout delays. So you have, you know, if you're doing IAPs on the App Store, um, it's going to take longer to, to uncover the cash that is on Google Play. Then you've got various different, you know, um, ad networks. So Net21 would be the ad network is going to pay you three weeks after the end of the month. Then you've got Net30, Net60, etc. And everyone's, you know, everyone's kind of different in that regard. Um, so what we're going to what we're going to look at here is just basically uh, just for a simple break-even analysis. And the really key thing here is, you know, if I look at my uh, if I change my acquisition cost from a dollar twenty to a dollar, and I redraw the graph, um, I'm breaking even day nine. If I change my retention from uh, twenty to say sixteen uh, percent and redraw the graphs, that's that, that, that's going to pull it back as well. So the, the idea is these are these are going to redraw um, every time you do it. If I drop my arc down, say it's uh, uh, say it's twenty five cents instead, then again it's going to impact. So that's going to take my uh, that, that that's going to take my um, uh, my ROAS recovery the day I break even on the ad spend to day twenty. So the whole idea is to is to show you this really important point of when you break even on the ad spend. And then secondly, what does that journey go on to be? So what is my, you know, I'm, I'm focused on ROAS, but I'm also the, the, the other end of the, <clears throat> the other bookend that I care about is basically my LTV, my lifetime value, what I can expect um, when I analyze a cohort of, user or, or, of users, what can I expect in aggregate for them to spend over a period of time? So this really is saying, Okay, I'm going to invest a dollar uh, in acquisition. I'm going to break even on my ad spend in 20 days. That's when I'm going to get my dollar back, and then I'm going to get a, uh, roughly a dollar 81 after 102 days, um, <clears throat> and that is um, that's my LTV. So that's basically I'm going to turn a dollar into a dollar 81 in 102 days, and that's really nothing more than an investment equation. And uh, so what, what we're going to look at now is what I can, you know, once I've figured out that investment equation, what does that mean? And so, so the, the, the primary question you're trying to get to is like, do I have positive economics? If I put a dollar into UA, am I going to yield a positive outcome? I'm, do I get more than a dollar or less than a dollar? And, you know, save for complicating with, you know, organic and vir virality and stuff. Basically, if you put if you put a dollar into UA, you get more than a dollar out. 
you know, it's uh, it, it's a great result. It's just a case of, you know, what those numbers look like over time. If you put a dollar UA into UA and you get 90 or 80 cents out, it's just bad business and you're just setting out to, 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 to lose money. Um, so it's really a kind of binary thing. You've either got positive economics if, uh, or not. And what we're going to look at is basically some scenarios on the, and it, I accept it's a big assumption, right? This is, you know, most people struggle to get their economics positive. But on the basis that they can, then what we're going to look at is some analysis of the the importance of the cash flows behind it. And this is something that that people you know often just gloss over. They just they're focused on the PL metric, which is the you know the actual number on the screen, and they're not thinking about well, okay, when do I actually get the cash for this, and how does that affect my business and reinvestment cycle? So I'm going to go on to this cash flows tab now. Hey, Ryan, if I can inter interrupt real quick, the, sure. when you're thinking about the cohorts, is there a minimum number of installs that we should be aiming for to get those numbers that we want to input into the tool? Uh, great, great question. The, I mean, it's it's a it's a kind of chicken and egg. I mean, you don't want to go off with with something that's you know like, hey, I got fifty users and this is what they did. You know, ideally, you want to be you know, 500, at least a 1,000 users. So you've got, you know, and it's maybe just in one geo, whatever maybe. So you've got the ability to say, you know, like the, the on small numbers, the propensity to get it really wrong is is huge. So the, the, the greater the sample size you can afford, the better the better the starting point for this. Um, so on this on this page here, and and, and again, these the, these numbers are 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 kind of static. You can go in and change them as often as you need, and see what you know, see what changes to get the the different results. But basically, you're looking at two different lines. So I'm going to look at the red line first, and what the red line is doing is it's basically saying, given those given those economics that you or given these metrics that you've given us, and layering on top of it uh, what we know about the platform in this case, the app store, whatever that you're on. What we're going to do is just model the actual cash flow, not the PL, but when the cash and when it actually catches up. So what you're going to see is right now you are you take your marketing budget and you're spending it over a, I think we assumed a 60 day period, um, and so your your cash goes negative. You're spending money on a daily basis, and then at day 67, whatever it may be, you're going to get your first payments in from the platform, and then you're going to continue to spend. So what happens is you. It, it, it works on the basis you're continually reinvesting, but you're basically your your cash negative for you know in this case what like a hundred and something days, and then gradually you gradually you get cash positive over time, and it's just a, assuming this constant reinvestment rate. Um, <clears throat> now the top line illustrates how how the cash position works if you are leveraging this through an AR facility like the the the, the, the kind of credit facilities that that Poland VC provides. And what we're doing here is we're saying, hey, for all the revenue I'm making, I can take this out and I can reinvest it back into another cohort because I know this is going to pay. Um, and all you're doing is then it's a it's a question of how quickly can you can you just double down? So you know that every time you're investing a dollar, you know it's it's going to yield you you know a dollar something revenue. So the question should be how quickly can you reinvest? A sort of offline example. <clears throat> um, is basically a kind of it's the slot machine example. So if you go into the uh, if you go into the kind of the the casino in Las Vegas, whatever, and you find a machine that every time you put a dollar in, it pays you two dollars out. Question is, do you wait thirty days before you go back to that same machine and run it again? No, you want to do it as quickly as you can and shovel it in as, until, of course, that machine stops paying out. 
and in which case you walk away and you go somewhere else. So that that's really the 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 analogy here. It's just like when you know something works every day it's costing you money if you're not doing this so we you know our, our model here is that, that we're lending money to app developers and all of this money is going back into user acquisition as well pretty much not not in, in every case but mo I mean, some of it's users working capital but most of it gets reinvested into a positive ua equation so this is really you know really really uh important stuff to look at and you know things things can can really um, move the move the needle as well. So one thing that we always advocate on is be really really careful about your longer dated retention, um, because if you get these numbers out by a one or two or you know a, a fraction of a percent, you can really skew the numbers. So if I if, if I go from uh, zero retention D one eighty and I just put in a two percent number there, um, look at what changes. And actually, one of the key things is the axis change, the numbers just go go wild. Um, the trend of the cash doesn't, but if you, if, if you, you know, and we don't encourage people to go and play with these and run different scenarios and so on um, for themselves. So uh, yeah, the, the, you know, one of the, one of the real important things is don't overestimate retention, particularly longer data retention, just work on the data you have and be very, very sanguine about, extrapolating it out for you know beyond 90 days if you like if you've got 90 days of data great you you, you know roughly where you get to but be really careful about the uh, about the long dated um uh long dated late date, long dated scenarios um <clears throat> so another tab here i'm gonna look hey, at Martin, i'm gonna interrupt real quick too yeah. we got some questions coming in so it might be a good right. time before you go into the next tab it's andy says hi steve immensely enjoying everything you do thanks andy What's the standard time frame to get revenues back from ad sales and user purchases? 30, 60, 90 days. And is it different from Apple Store versus Google? <clears throat> yeah. So so on Apple, if you're if you're monetizing through IAPs, you can be waiting for up to 67 days. So that's the longest period of time that when from the you know, day one of the fiscal cycle you make a sale to when they actually pay you could be up to you know, mid-60s days. Um, with Google, they pay you typically 15 days from the end of the month. So, so it's also known as net 15 in the industry. So basically what you have is you, if you think about it, it's the 1st of January, you're gonna get paid on the 15th of February. So if you assume a midpoint in the month, because what you need to think about is your average payable days. So you assume the midpoint in January, so the 15th of January to the 15th of February, you would think, okay, I've got average payable days of 30. It could be as long as, as uh, 45, it could be as short as 15. So 30 is the number in the middle. Um, with the ad networks, uh, again, Google, I think, is, is one of the fastest pairs. It's around about 15 days from the end of the month for AdMob. Um, you've got Facebook Audience Network, which is just a few days behind it. And then you've got you know, Iron Source and Unity ads and so on as well. And, and some of these can be, can be much, uh, much longer dated in terms of the... Um, in, in, in terms of when they actually pay, but it, it's a really, it's a great question because it's really critical. So many people, if they're just focused just on the on the performance metrics and the, and the P and L metrics, and they're not thinking through the finances as well, they're really missing a trick. And one of the things we always advocate for is finance guys and UA guys being absolutely joined at the hip because yeah. their 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 role together is 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 so important to to figure out what's best for the business. And Andy also has another question about what is the interest rate of the line of credit that you're talking about? Uh, so, so for our own um, for for our own kind of facilities, it's basically it's a sliding scale. 
And you, so so we we charge. We're a uh, in the U.S. We're a regulated California lender. We charge on a straight interest rate basis. So we don't have, um, you know, we we, we charge uh, to start with up to two hundred and fifty k a month, one point nine five percent per month, and then basically as the as the numbers go up, if you get to half a million, a million, two million bucks, then the financing rate actually comes down o- o- over time. Um, and the thing to do is to basically to figure out whether 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 it, it makes sense or not is basically com- you've got to compare everything on the same basis. So an apples with apples um, comparison, which is basically saying, let, let, let's say I turn a dollar into a dollar sixty in LTV in ninety days. I'm looking at a twenty percent monthly return. I turn a dollar into a dollar twenty, a dollar forty, dollar sixty. So twenty percent month on month. Now, if I'm paying, keep the number simple. If I pay 2% to make 20, my profit on that trade is 18. So it's great. Now, if the difference is I don't have the dollar to put in the first place, so I have to go borrow it, you factor in you factor in the cost of capital. So it's how much in, how much out, and that's going to tell you whether it's a, whether it's a, an, an effective way to run your business. So what, what we always shoot for is <clears throat> if the financing cost is much more than a rounding error, then you probably shouldn't be doing it because you may screw up your other metrics, right? But on the basis that if you've got short break-even periods, you've got you've got high monthly ROIs. It's a very very effective way to uh, to finance. Haha. <laughs> I'm an ex I'm an ex banker termed app developer, Andy. If it's any uh, <clears throat> if it's any uh, any help. Um, so minimal line of credit for us. We so we have to have a. Uh, the economics really don't make sense. Be below about twenty-five k a month in revenue, uh, but we have a we're, 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 we have a capability of taking people on anything from twenty-five k into you know multiple millions of dollars per month, and and it's a, there's a sliding scale on the on the on the financing. I have to unmute myself. All right, this is a great question from HDM. Hi, Steve. While generating revenue, how can you properly distribute your revenue between ad spend, putting it back into development, or paying employees? Wonder what your thoughts on it, on this, Martin. Uh, definitely pay your employees first. Um, if, if you go if you go and blow their salaries in Facebook ads and it doesn't work out, then you're you're not going to be very popular. Um, it's I, I, we we would say it, it it's really a stack. So first of all, you've got to try and estimate your fixed cost of running the studio, and that's you know whether it's five grand, twenty five grand, two hundred, whatever the number is. Just figure out that what's what's the monthly. Um, now, in terms of and and that that's got to come off that you know that's just the the, the, the fixed burn rate now. Where it gets a little bit more tricky is in putting it back into development or into ad spend. Um, let's let's park the, I mean, let's park the development for a second because there's a few different ways to look at it. So, what we see a lot of people do is that let's say we have a studio running cost of forty grand a month. So I need forty grand a month just to pay the bills, but I know my UA is working. So what I want to do is I want to I want to breathe in every spare dollar of capital I can get and put it into UA. So beyond that, beyond the studio running costs, I need to just like I, I want to reinvest every single cent back in because I know that's gonna that's gonna give me a positive return. So that would be the sort of the economically rational way of 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 looking at this. Now, in terms of development, <clears throat> you come. I mean, think you consider a scenario of like a gaming company. You've got twenty five levels in your game. Your UA is going gangbusters. All great. Very quickly, people are going to run out of content. And so 
they're you know they're they're they're, they're going to get bored very quickly. They're going to stop. Your retention is going to fall off, etc. So at that stage, then you kind of need to take a call in terms of where do I move the levers between reinvesting into product development, um, and it could be you know you could even do some unit economics of localized for a country or you know per five levels in a game whatever we think it's going to extend retention by this or that and you can calculate it. so that's a much more subjective one but really i think number one is is is, is taking care of your fixed costs <clears throat> and then two once you have whatever product development you you need to continue the the, the the pace of the business then every spare cent that you know that you can reinvest into roi positive acquisition if you don't invest that, you're leaving money on the table. Now, there may be reasons why you want to do that. You want to build up a cash buffer, et cetera. But that's the that's the sort of the, the, the economic theory behind it. I like it. Okay. You want to, I know I see some questions from Vignac. So we're going to get to that. We're also going to get to questions from David too, but I wanted to cover that. You want to get back into some of that revenue stuff that you're showing? Uh, yeah. So what, what, what I'll do is just like, uh, is is go back here and these are you know these are just different tabs we go from cash flows the you know the, the construction of the of the numbers etc <clears throat> and then revenue here so what we're looking at is basically um is what do my revenues look like uh, on an overall basis if i'm you know if i'm leveraging with the ar or not and look the, the whole point of this the, this is not some you know necessarily big some big sales pitch it's just an education piece like figure out use the tool play with the numbers and then you'll see, once your economics are positive, how much money you're leaving on the table by not doing this, right? So if you, you know, so we're talking about 161% increase just by taking the capital, reinvesting it on a cumulative basis, but you can also model daily numbers and so on as well. So this little kink here is basically where you've, you've exhausted that kind of uh, uh, budget, but this is, you know, this is reinvest and, you know, every, it, it, it's mapped out to the, you know, to the exact timescale. So, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, by day 360, uh, you know, 150% increase on a daily basis of, you know, uh, what you would have been if you were, if you were waiting to get paid before reinvesting. So it's really helpful, I think, hopefully to visualize some of these things. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to flip across to installs as well. So again, we've got, you know, this is what daily installs would like, would, would look like based on the, um, based on the numbers. And this is what, you know, again more cumulative installs is going to look like so you know maybe you care about or maybe your investor cares about because it's more of a kind of vanity metric say you know i've got half a million users of my app or i've got a million downloads or 10 million downloads or whatever it may be so this just helps you um just helps you kind of uh forecast you know some of this out and 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 what it what it could look like and actually just um just worth noting below here at the bottom right the uh you know, some of these charts we've made downloadable as well, because what we found was that we saw a bunch of people using these using these charts as um, <clears throat> as screenshots in their investor decks. Um, so, you know, quite often and we, we, we have pretty good relationship with, with, with most of VCs. And, you know, sometimes they were saying, hey, hey, you're you know, these guys are using your calculation. They're just taking screenshots of the uh, of the projection. So we decided to say, look, why don't we just make it easy and give you a nicely formatted downloadable version instead? Um, so that's where we get to with uh, with installs. Um, we're doing some work on retention just now. We're, we've got another data source we're plugging in, but a more granular data source. But this is the idea of like you know where am I where am I versus the benchmark? Uh, now right now we only have a, we have a few different benchmarks here. The idea is, and particularly in gaming, we want to go much deeper in terms of uh, in terms of granularity. Um, and so the that. 
Yeah, it's it, it's really cool. It's just a it's a it's just a high level things like where am I versus my you know my competitors in aggregate. The last one we're going to look at is basically ad spend, um, and this basically it shows you you know what the what the what the cumulative interest cumulative um, amount that you'd be spending on 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 ads and uh, you know from a monthly basis as well. And some of the inquiries we had and and, and people wanting to use this was basically guys running agencies let's say or, or or calculating what the potential incremental ad spend was so you had you'd have um like marketing agencies go back to their customers and say look if you were spending this much more you would be able to do this <clears throat> and then we can connect you with a source of capital to uh to, to provide it so ad, ad spend's an interesting one but you know the, the one that gets everyone every time is this it's cash flow it's just there in black and white there is no, it's it's a mathematical formula, right? So there's no AI, there's no rocket science, there's no, you know, we think it's this. <laughs> it's just it's just maths, right? Now, the massive caveat here is <clears throat> this assumes that all of these all of these uh, metrics stay totally static, which is of course never going to happen. Um, but if you know if it were, and that were to be the the, the straight line, then these these would be. You know, the, these would be the numbers that get spit out of it. So the, I think the key thing we'd always advocate for is just stay super on top of the numbers. Look at everything on a cohort level. It, you know, stop spending if you don't think it's, it, it's going to return um, and just stay super focused. And the more granular you can be on your own numbers, and we've done um, we've, uh, we've done some, some stuff on the, uh, <clears throat> on the blog giving you kind of user acquisition templates just as a Google Doc of things to track and how to, how to think about it. Yeah. Uh, the, the more kind of granular you can be on the numbers, the more certain you are that the UA spend is delivering for you, that gives you confidence to spend and to borrow the money to spend because you know it's working from it. If it's just a hunch or you're looking at something in super aggregated, very high level, hey, it's like, well, I spent $1,000 this month and I made $1,500 um, on, so I'm just going to keep doing it. You know, yeah, you may be lucky. You may have just missed something. You may, uh, but it's, so the more granular you can go into it, um, the better, and then yeah, the, the whole point of building these tools is so people can, you know, get value from it. They can just use them; they're totally free. We don't track data, you know, anything from it. We just want basically to educate people around capital efficiency. And then once you've got this formula that you think you can scale, then you go figure out, okay, what are my financing options available to do it, and what's the you know, what's the right choice for my company? Hey, Martin, just out of curiosity. Can you can we use these tools if we're not running any? Let's say we're getting a lot of our traffic from organics. If we're not running the case study, just thinking about yet yeah, last week we did where Rudy went from like fifty downloads a day to two hundred, and he hasn't done any paid acquisition, but he wants to start thinking about paid acquisition. Can we use these tools if we're getting mostly downloads from organics? Yeah, I mean, like you look at the uh, you can still plug in the retention metrics and so on and say so. So I'm, I've got an, a CPI of zero. <clears throat> and here's the numbers I'm getting from it, and then you could basically you could you could figure out and say, okay, what you know, and like oh, the the intents behind organics can be different, right? So you need to you know, there's a big caveat around paid versus people who are actually searching. So <clears throat> it's the push versus pull, right? There's something I go actually looking for. Maybe I maybe I you know start googling it or whatever, and I find I'm looking for a you know like a a, a water counter to show me how much water I've had by the end of the day or something like that. So I, it's something that is intense and I go looking for it. And therefore, when I find it, I'm more likely to spend in it. Whereas if I'm just idly browsing through my Facebook feed and something finds me, you know, 
great. I, I, you know, it knows lots about me. It may know that I'd be looking for it, but it's more of a kind of, it's more of a more of a push mechanism and push mechanism on me rather than a pull. So, um, with that sort of caveat, then yeah, I mean, once you're able to model model the metrics, look at the retention, look at how much you're actually paying, that's going to be that's going to help you inform what you could actually be paying. Um, and maybe that supports a 20 cent install cost or a 50 cent or whatever it may be. And then you can say, okay, I'm going to try some numbers basically and try and figure out what my break evens are and at what point the economics stop working for me. Love it. All right. I want to say hi to Jared. Thanks for showing up. I'll continue to show do these things as long as you guys keep showing up. Chetan, thank you for being here. I think Vignek, I want to get to his question. Is a landing page necessary for an app or is it directly... Or is it not better to just directly promote my app after launch instead of investing money and in promoting a landing page? Now I can start, Martin, and I love your thoughts. I don't think a landing page is that important. I know a lot of app developers who just point to a Facebook page or all that stuff, unless there's an SEO play. And then Vignek says this is a smart alarm clock. So I don't think that's even necessary at all. I think what I would recommend, and this is what we're doing with our apps, is just putting it to pre-order. So if you're about 50% way, I believe, don't, don't quote me on this, but make sure you do some research. I believe you can be in pre-order up to 90 days. And during the development process, you can continually update the builds. And the cool thing about pre-order is people can find your app and then they can say, hey, I want to download this and they can hit pre-order. And so when you actually launch it, it will count as a download. It'll automatically download to their phone if they have automatic downloads like put as a setting, but that's what I would recommend is putting the app into pre-order rather than investing in the landing page. You want to add on anything, Martin? Yeah, I mean, like, I, it's, it's fair to say most of the stuff that, that we see has a, you know, has a, a website or a landing page, or whatever. I mean, given the cost of these things, they're so low cost. And plus you can track, you know, if you do get any, any traffic and then people then you, you, you track the link through from the landing page, to the app store, you can kind of factor that in as well. So I, I, I think for the, you know, for the investment in it, you, know, you can do a landing page in Wix in twenty minutes or something like that. It, it, it it's it's probably probably worth the investment. There's uh, <clears throat> somehow it makes you look a little bit more credible as a company and stuff as well. If there's an actual page for it rather than the Facebook page, not essential. Um, but if it's you know, I mean, given the investment, it's I, I'd say it, it's probably worth it. And then Cheeton asks. What tool is best for monitoring downloads and revenue? Chitan, you know, if it's for your own app, which in the comments you said it is for your own app, I think App Annie is the best. It can give you all the figures, all the downloads, all the revenues. You can connect it to a lot of different ad networks, including the app stores. If you're looking at competitors, I always recommend looking at Sensor Tower. They'll give you a rough estimate of the previous month of competitor, previous month downloads and revenue for your competitors. And I know we, there's some other tools out there as well, but those are the two tools I would recommend, especially for your app. App Annie is probably the best one. All right, cool. I didn't know. All right, Mark, you, you don't have right. My, mind having your data shared on the, on the back of it, but yeah, yes. it's, a, it's, a, it's a helpful service for sure. Cool. So let's get into, let's get into the fun part. I know Max is here to look at his app. So Max says the collab effect. He's been working on this for over three years. He's had a handful of marketing teams. Nothing's really worked. What this app allows you to do, it's a social media app for people to collaborate with friends and creators. Creators can make money by setting a price for fans to do a two-way live stream with them. Fans can donate. So we've seen something similar to this. And then we'll take a look at this app. And Martin, you can jump 
jump in anytime you want. But when I'm looking at the app store presence, you know, Max, like you're not utilizing the subtitle at all. So from an ASO perspective, definitely have some subtitle. It's a little bit hard for social media networks. You know, not a lot of people, the branded terms are going to be more popular than let's say somebody searching for social media apps. So obviously the, and this is what we've seen for dating too. There's way more searches for Tinder mumble versus just dating, for example. But the thing is, I, I this is not benefit oriented. These screenshots find people that love what you do. Okay. Record videos with friends. This isn't the screenshots don't really represent what you told me in your, when you filled out the form. And so if you guys, you know, this is the app audit. So if you guys want your app audit, go to appmasters.com slash audit. But that's, that's what I would recommend is I have no idea judging from the screenshots, what I can do within your app. All right. Do, 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 do. Anything you want to add, Martin, or we going to move into the app itself? No, I, I think like the, the 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 space is an interesting one, and and the, you've got these curated uh, <clears throat> uh, layers of interest groups and so on, and 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 the you know the editing stuff is cool and uh, and so on as well. But yeah, I I, I agree. I'm I'm kind of I'm none the wiser. I mean, like names are always not 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 the be all and end all, but I think the you know, the, I mean, if I lived at Bumble, I wouldn't know what it did, but it, it then it would say, you know, dating for you know, whoever, it's whatever. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think you're missing a trick, definitely not using not using the subtitle. And if there's stuff you can do to give, yeah, you know, we, we always like thinking, you know, when you look at the screenshots and ideally videos, um, you, you know, spend a little bit of money trying to trying to really really think through it. There's mu as much context as you can give people in these things, <clears throat> way better because you know, Steve. That, like if you if you scroll down and you have to start reading what it is and what it does and for who in the, in the description then you have your aha moment you, you're gonna have lost 90 percent of the people by the time they start actually reading the description i'd have thought yeah okay let's get into the app itself max and you get some brutal feedback right off the bat so here it is the collab effect that's how you say it that's what i was thinking i was like what all right is this showing up properly you guys, it looks like this is stuck. Mm. You're not seeing this move, right, Martin? You're just seeing my home screen? Uh, I don't. I just see the static screen. Yeah. All right. Shoot. Okay, let me try this again. Uh, let's see. If this shows up properly. <clears throat> Technical difficulties. And then, all right, cool, perfect. So here's what I see. Again, I see this all the time. It's a huge mistake. If you're asking me to push, put send push, push notifications right off the bat without telling me why, I'm always going to say don't allow. So again, you're probably, there's other apps out there that I've audited that do a proper job of asking for the right things at the right time. You're asking for a lot of access without me really knowing why. And when I first opened the app, remind me again. Remind me again what your app does instead of just asking me for all these things. Because for the most part, I'm going to say don't allow. So you're asking me for all this stuff. Asking a nice little onboarding screen where it says, you know, collab effect allows creators to earn money from their fans by engaging with them. Can I, you know, can I access your photos? Show more photos to get better engagement. Push notifications. No, tell your fans when you're going live or know when your fan has requested you. Boom, when you want to allow. So get a double opt in as you're asking for everything, because once I hit no, it is so much harder for me, for you to show that pop-up again, 
because I have to go in the settings and all that stuff. So give me a reason, double opt in, say allow photos. I hit allow and then the pop, the default pop-up happens. So here, let's go into the app or username, sign up. All right, so no login and so forth with the sign up. I'll go ahead and sign up, but any feedback on your end, Martin? Uh, I would I would echo that. You just asked me for a lot of data without really making it clear what you know. A what I'm going to get back and what you're going to do with it. I think it's the other thing. I'm super nervous about just you know granting access to contacts and apps and uh, all the rest of it unless I've got uh, contacts and photos and stuff. Unless I've got a really clear idea of what what you're going to do with it. So I you know yeah. I, I think the other thing on the onboarding as well is like again if I if I'm faced with a full on onboarding screen it makes you like oh, do I really want to go through and you know, usernames, passwords, and all the rest of it all in one go? Or is there a way of just getting what you need right. <clears throat> at the right time so it's a less daunting onboarding process? But by the time maybe you get to you get to like the real value from it, then you're so invested in it because you've given the four or five bits of data or, or whatever, then you're happy to just see it through. So I, I don't like this either, but when I try to sign up, look, I've already entered in all this information, but it's asking for a photo video or a photo, photo too so it's very annoying but i will do this real quick there, <laughs> there you go max all right let's see and here's how i feel too martin sometimes like what? developers spend so much time more on the growth side of things a lot of times like downloads downloads how do i get more downloads and not enough on fixing the product right and we did the case study last week and we fixed a couple of things and we were able to drive way more revenue the developer rudy went from a dollar a day to 17 now 23 dollars a day by fixing the product we didn't add any more revenue and so sometimes you focus so much on the downloads but not fixing the product and there's a lot of product errors that we're going through max so I have no idea where the verification code was sent. It wasn't text message, obviously through email. A lot of hurdles. I'm going to stop here because I think there's a lot of things you can fix right off the bat before I can even continue. It's just you're going to lose me right off the bat before I even got to this step. So I think there's a lot of things you can fix here before I even go to this. And I have to check my email and give you verification. It's just too much for me to go through right now for me to want to invest more time. You didn't even tell me what the app was before like what are the benefits when i first downloaded because i could have forgotten about it but right now i'm out like i'm trying to be a real user for you i'm out already i've already given you a lot of information and yet you're asking for more i get it that you need it to verify it but maybe you can ask again like maybe you can lock certain features until i verify so i can see a little bit about the app too i think there, there, there's so many good examples of onboarding experiences <clears throat> then you know what we've seen people do is to go through and just clip just build like mood boards of people who you think do stuff well. And you can, you know, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of leverage some of the best practice in a way that makes sense for, for, for your app. So there's a, I mean, like, it's not the, it's not the wild west of 2008 app store, uh, you know, onboarding experiences that people have done some really good stuff. And there's a lot of, a lot of learnings you can lean into um, in a, in a, in a fairly, fairly easy way. So I think it's really worth investing your time in that. And then also just like running it past, you know, just have, uh, Okay, maybe not on YouTube streams, but um, you know, have have friends look at it and, and use it, and you know, do the do the do the parent test as well. Can they understand it as well? So just you know, just seek lots of feedback on it.
Yeah, I'm trying to find it where the verification code is to while we're talking, see if I can find it. And here it goes. It's, okay, five, six, one. <laughs> Let's try it. Five, six, one, six, three, four. Okay, I'll submit it. I know I'm not sharing my screen right now, but I wanted to kind of get a sense. Since Max is here, all right, select genre. Geek. Uh, business, I guess. And then, all right. Yeah, again, pretty confusing what I'm supposed to be doing. So think about what you want me to do as a creator right now. It's a little bit confusing, this tutorial. Yeah. All right, Max, I think there's a lot more issues within the app. That's it. I think what I would say is rather than giving this tutorial, it's too much information all at once. I gave you a lot of information. Now you're giving me a lot of information. Just think about what you want the creator to do, whether it's watch a couple of different videos or start recording and going live with it. I've right, got about 15 minutes left before I got to jump. So let's go into the next thing, the next app from Mohammed, And this is Magnet World. So pretty decent reviews, 4.6 with 33. Not sure what the app does, just based on the screenshots, but Magnet World by Magnetic Balls. Many categories to choose from, amazing, vibrant. I'm not sure what the app does. And I think that's what you guys wanna do. I get it, that sometimes maybe you're running ads and so you've already done a good job of telling people what the app is about. Or, but if you're trying to do ASO and try to get free organics, like at least tell the users what the app is a little bit about too. Because right now you just said you need help with ASO. I have no idea what the app does. I don't even know how to give you help other than read this really long thing, work your way through. It's a brain, brain teaser. Okay. I don't know. I think screaming out for a video as well there. We solve a lot of problems. Once you get people to the page, then if you have a, a 15 second looping video and you're going to be able to get everything across. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's look at the app. So I guess from an ASO standpoint, you know, think about the words. It looks like it's a brain teaser type of app. Create magnet. Maybe it feels like Legos. I can create it with the screenshots. Super important, but you know, I feel like the graphics are very 1990s type of thing. Like this is something I made with front page or some Giphy stuff. Fortunately. The many categories to choose from, I don't even know what the app does, Mohammed. So talk about that first and foremost. What is the app? What is the unique selling point? What can I get out of it? I mean, there's a reason why, let's say, for example, <clears throat> AdWords, people search for, I don't know, meditation app, and then you have meditation app bolded. So when you're thinking about ASO, think about the words that people are going to be using to search for your app, whether it's a brain teaser or a puzzle something like that and put it in your screenshot. Like that should be your first one. It tells you exactly what the app does. Did another case study from a friend of mine who did crosswords and he just put daily crosswords. That was his number one screenshot. And number two was like some of the benefits, like new content every day and so forth. And so think about that too, as you're thinking about keywords, because keywords are important, but also like converting these people, getting them to understand it and download your app equally important. All right, let's take a look at this app. All right, Max, let's go into it. Maybe we'll get a better sense of what the app does, Martin. 
made with Unity. Okay, cool, cool graphic here. All right, let's go into tutorial. All right, and just a sketch. I wonder if it's his own like spin on a Rubik's cube or something. But let's just try to play it. Okay. So again, I think you want, I have no idea what to do, Mohammed. So you want to tell me what to, you kind of gave me the tutorial, but I have no idea how to play this thing. So again, with the growth side of things, I feel like there's just, and I see this time and time again, sometimes it's the product that's the issue, not the growth. So really focus on the product. I, that's why I wanted to do the case study last week because we didn't focus so much on the growth and we're able to fix the product a lot and get more revenues. So again, I have, I'm going to exit because I have no idea what to do within the app and your tutorials. And you're showing me a lot of ads when yeah. it, it, I really yeah. don't even have any clue what to do with the app first. Too early to show ads, I think, you know, yeah, totally. Some of the screen as well so i mean by all means serve ads right there's a <clears throat> if you can get people if you can get people engaged and they want to you know they want to play then absolutely they'll watch video ads they'll give you much higher much higher returns up in it but showing that ads that early into it which which is actually obscuring some of the navigation mm -hmm. is um yeah i think you should you should maybe think about rethinking that all right nikhil all right let's go with this and then we'll if you guys got any questions please let us know in the comments as well I've got seen a lot of comments about other things. Okay, Nikhil, looks like FE prep, great. So it looks like an exam, engineering FE prep, study and review on the go. So Nikhil, you want to have certain keywords in here. If it's FE prep, I'm sure there's other fundamentals of engineering exam. There's probably, you might want to put that in there or engineering exam as well or FE exam, because those are probably gonna be good keywords for you rather than study and review on the go. I always feel like when you're trying to put branded terms in the subtitle, it's not that important because the subtitle doesn't even show up that much in the search results. And so go after the keywords that you're going out that you wanna target, whether it's FE review, FE prep, FE exam, or the different types of exams. And then also think about what your target market who are engineers likely wanna be engineers what other keywords they might be thinking about because when it's a niche app like this just like rudy's app last week you have to think outside the box or beyond what your normal keywords would be and then what your target market might be searching for so think about that too and then i think what i would do is talk about like you know the benefits it is study and review on the go right here you this is perfect Great screenshot because I'm exactly, you tell me exactly what the app does, 15 topics recovered. But then that's when you say, look, study on the go, you know, be better prepared, ace your exam, pass the exam. These are all benefits rather than features, which is, these are, these are features. There's not benefits. Okay. Doo -doo -doo. Overall, I mean, it looks like you're getting good reviews here. So let's take a look at your app real quick. Okay, so this is the opening page. So I wanna see how he makes money. All right, so again, definitely watch last week's video. You'll learn a lot from it. What 
I typically see here is probably you're giving away too much content for free. And what we did with Rudy's app was we showed things certain certain things locked. So go ahead and give away certain things, but make sure you lock up some stuff. And with Rudy's app, we showed on this main page which ones were locked and which ones were free because this is where I see a problem with too with developers. They don't try to push their premium features enough. Look, look how many taps it took me just to get to it. And I was looking for it. it took me one, two, and so two taps. When you could easily just by showing certain things are locked here. If I hit a locked one, that's one tap away from getting to your screen, right? So think about which ones you can lock up, which ones you can make for free. And then mathematics quiz. Okay, see, this is good. Get it for free. I like the multiple options here. And we also did with Rudy's something to consider too. I forgot this person's name. Uh, Nikhil is think about with the remove ads, like are there banner ads? So, you know, he put banner ads at the very page right here, to make it a little bit more disruptive. And so what we did there was we gave him multiple options. Do you want to remove banners? Do you want to unlock all the review? unlock all the quizzes or just buy all of it for a certain price. And then users, your users can see where the real value is rather than here. I'm just deciding yes or no. You can start feeling like when you give people options, they're more likely feeling like they're in control. And so that they will say, oh, well, this is way more value. Whereas here, I'm going to lose $5. Whereas if you show them options again, check out that video. I'm more starting to figure out where I feel like I'm more control of my decision and it's not about me losing $5, but me like gaining the best value. And so that's what happens from a psychological perspective. When you show people multiple options, they can start seeing where the value is versus this is either you want this or you don't want this. I'm either in or out. And that's, those are some subtle changes we made in Rudy's app that you can easily apply to your app and start seeing higher revenue. Okay, cool. Great. All right, Martin, let's go into some of the questions that people might have had. Okay, here's one. Move this. David asks, I have a question on Google Play. I noticed that even in non-English countries, English keywords have the highest search scores. Is it better to have an English description everywhere or still localized? Yeah, great question, David. So what we've done is if the English keyword has more traffic, use it. Right. And we've been trying to, I'm going to put together a case study on this, but when we've localized for our clients, it's usually the English keyword or the more popular. So for example, meditation, whatever it might be in French, it is meditation and that French keyword, maybe that French translation is the top one, but try to use both somehow. But I think it's always good to have some translation. And what we always recommend starting out with is the app name, the subtitle and the keywords and then move on to the description because you can spend a lot of money on localizing and translating your app and not see a huge benefit. So it really depends on your app. So I, that's why we always say take it slow before you start really investing a lot of money because I've had friends invest tens of thousands of dollars in localization and not seeing a positive ROI outcome from it. So that's how you take it step by step. All right, Martin, I'm out. I want to ask you this. What do you think about the new iOS 14 and the ad networks and the publishers, the IDFA? What are your thoughts? <clears throat> So to be honest, it's like uh, like there's so much around it now, and there's so many conflicting viewpoints. Like in terms of like our, our day to day business, we're a little bit kind of removed from it. So I've uh, I mean, I, you could spend all day reading this stuff. Um, <clears throat> clearly, the you know there 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 is a 
there's a kind of you know a, a jostling around of of the big tech giants wrestling who gets what and whatever but uh i think the um i mean like ultimately there's a you know a healthy ads ecosystem um you know i mean well advertising tremendously part important part of the overall economy and so no one's really disincentivized now it might be one company wants more of the revenue than another and all this kind of stuff but ultimately i think you'll um you know pe people are smart they figure creative ways around problems to allow them to to still continue the direction of travel there's going to be maybe a few bumps along the way and a, a bit of uh you know a bit of kind of clunky user experience for a little bit but uh i think the um you know the 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 trainers the trainers left the station right and there's a few different ways it can go and so on but it, it's going to get to the destination one way or another so sorry a bit of the answer but it's just <laughs> I, I, seriously i see so many of these things i just don't have the mental I'm with you. I'm with you. No, i feel the same way demetrio says will it disrupt will ios 14 disrupt the ad network business yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it will. But you know, the, particularly the, the the top guys in that space are very good at working around problems. Um, so yeah, I'm, just, I'm sure there will there will be a little bit of, of disruption. Then there'll be a new equilibrium. Yeah, and that's why we love the app space, right? It's always changing. All right, David, he's tagging on what I just gave him. Cost of localization is no issue for him, so that's good, David. He feels like having English keywords will be unnatural to say in a French description. So here's what I did. David is put the French description, whatever it is, but let's say meditation. And then you put parentheses meditation. Like it's, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't think it's that test it, right? Like, I don't think it's not worth over analyzing for it. If there's search traffic, it's already telling you the data is already telling you that people are using the English word too. And so they can probably read both. The data is already telling you they can probably read the English version too. So I wouldn't focus too much on that. All right. Gilgamesh asks, what do you think about the idea of the competition with prizes to promote an app? Any thoughts, Martin? Uh, <clears throat> let me just make sure I understand the, the question properly. While you do that, I'm going to, assuming that you want to like do some giveaways, and we've tried to do this with other with our clients, do giveaways on social media. I know giveaways work on YouTube and all this other stuff and on social media, like follow us, tag us, and then you get a prize. I think it's interesting. I think if you've got a social media following, it's pretty interesting to do. I know one of my past clients and friends, he actually does this a lot in social media to grow his social media follow following. So if you're trying to grow a brand, then it's great to do that. If you're trying to just purely get downloads, I don't know if there's a, I'm sure there's better channels to do that rather than focusing on the prize. Cause I've tried to test this with couple of different apps where they do have a social media following like 11,000 followers on Instagram. We're trying to do like a one year giveaway. I don't know if we saw a huge impact on downloads, but maybe the engagement and the social media following, you know, you can get your users. So if you're trying to do that for branding purposes, go for it. I think it's worth a shot. If you're just doing it purely for downloads, I don't think it's worth your time. Okay. Calvin says, what are your thoughts on having a hard paywall for subscription apps? Calvin, if you're saying like, either pay me or get out, and that's what you mean by hard, then I would say go for it. There's plenty of, long as your category talks about that. I've actually had a couple of different meditation apps where they've had a hard paywall, use our app or pay or get out, you know? And so think about the category that you're in. If people are worth used to seeing it, 
one of our past clients, he has a robot call blocking app that I absolutely love. So go check it out, robot call blocker. But that's what he does, and he's seen good results there. So it really depends on the category of apps. But if you've seen other people in your space do it, do it. All right. Do, 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 do. All right, last question. So then we'll take it off. Flutterist asks, welcome back, Flutterist. Should we make localization for Canada, UK, and Australia too if there's another ranked keyword? Yeah, it all works. As long as, like I said, as long as you can do it affordably, it all, I think you should do it. There's no downside to localizing your app. All right, guys. Well, Martin, thank you so much for coming on. The website is pollen.vc. Go check them out. Martin and I have been friends for a very long time, so I really love the company as well. The tool is linked up into the YouTube description. So if you're starting to see some growth, you want to start investing in some of that paid acquisition, use that tool, then you could really plan it out rather than just going blind and just spending a lot of money where Facebook and Apple and Google are all, all making the money. Martin, do you want to send the users anything else or you want to say anything else before we say goodbye? I, I, I think that's it. I mean, if you, if, if uh, on Poland.vc, that's the main, the main link to the site and the calculator and stuff on there. So please uh, feel free, use the tools, hope you get some value from them. And, and then hopefully you get to that sort of that light bulb moment of the economics, uh, <clears throat> economics working. And just, uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Steve, for, for having me on, on the show. I think it's a really great format and uh, I'm going to tune in next week. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on next week. We're going to have Theorem Reach, Tom from Theorem Reach back again. And so we're going to talk about roasting your apps. And so fill out that form at masters.com slash audit. And then we're going to really look, focus more on that game side of things on how you can better monetize your game. So if you got the games, we're going to try to focus more on the game side of things next Friday, same time, same channel, 9 a.m. Pacific. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm humbled by everybody that does tune in every single week and I'll see you guys next Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.